What's up, guys? This is Zach, and you have just stepped into the dark blue. I'm here today talking to John Gray, and uh, pretty excited. It's pretty, uh, pretty awesome dude. He's uh, super positive, and I've been really following his stuff a lot because he's just, you know, just really a, a shining light in the middle of a lot of darkness right now. I think on the internet, <laughs> and so uh, it's it's sort of really nice seeing what John is doing and. Uh, I'm glad that uh, we get to sit down and talk today. How you doing, John? Doing great, man. It's a it's an honor and privilege to be here with you today. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks for joining me. Um, well, I don't know if you've listened to a lot of the uh, Into the Dark Blue episodes yet, but uh, but as usual, we have to uh, start off with a beverage, and uh, that's just how we roll, man. So I've got my Rogue Bat Squatch Hazy IPA today. I'm totally jealous of you right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's, let's, oh yeah, that pop. <laughs> um, I mean, you shouldn't be too jealous. You've got nice hot coffee there, right? Uh, yeah, I've already explained to you about the coffee. <laughs> yeah, you gotta, tell the, you gotta tell everyone else though. All right, yeah, so a part of my uh, coronavirus journey here is that I, I work in higher education and someone in my building tested positive. And uh, as of today, uh, 14 days have passed, so I'm in the clear, but I've been uh, quarantining myself just to make sure I'm not uh, spreading anything out in the community. So it's kind of a little bit of a scare. So I didn't have time to prep and run to the store and get myself a nice tasty beverage. And instead, I have generic coffee that is no name brand and is kind of bland. So, <laughs> yep, yeah, that, sacrifices over there. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'll just describe this nice little IPA to you then, because I know you're an IPA guy, right? Yes, I am. All right. Well, yeah, I've, uh, this one's actually pretty nice. It's super smooth and. Uh, it's got some really like almost tropical citrusy flavors, you know, um, kind of almost tastes like a Saison to me, but uh, I, I'm a little, I'm a little put off by the label. It's got this really creepy looking bat thing on it. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but it tastes good. So I'll just cover up the label with my hand and drink away. So, <laughs> so, all right, man. Uh, can you, flavor redeems it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, can you do us a huge favor and just tell us a little bit about what you do and why you just basically why you started doing it? I know you've had a pretty long journey and you've got a pretty interesting story. Um, but why don't you tell us a little bit about it? Yeah, definitely. And uh, man, I am still on my journey. I'm still still figuring things out, but I'm enjoying every bit of life right now. Uh, what I am is I am a mindset coach, and what I do is I help men find purpose after failure. I, uh, I'm an education junkie. I work in the field of higher education, and because of that, I'm, I'm just able to go to school. So I've just always been learning, always been trying to better myself, uh, have a master's degree in psychology, I have an MBA, uh, and I went on to uh, earn a certification in life coaching and because I wanted to change the world, right? Because I had all this education and that would qualify me to do that. Uh, but what I wasn't, 
what I wasn't really in tune with is that I was getting this education to learn how to deal with my own mess and a lot of, uh, of pain that I had stuffed. I had, uh, due to my upbringing, there's a lot of feelings that I had maybe dealt with. Uh, and I just turned to a whole bunch of coping skills that really just took me in a dark tunnel. I ended up just going on a downward spiral, almost lost my marriage and really had to work on becoming a better me to be able to live through that. Yeah. And so part of the emergence of that is now I make it my life's goal to help other men who might be in that same predicament. That's awesome, man. But what kind of, if, I mean, if you don't mind sharing, what kind of uh, difficult coping mechanisms were you dealing with? Yeah, so um, I've always, I've, I've always been scared of, of um, substances, of using things that can alter my mind. So that wasn't uh, anything that I really delved into, but I had a really strong porn addiction. I had uh, begun to, to just connect with people online looking for emotional support and an emotional connection uh, because I was scared to reveal my real self to those that I love, specifically my wife, and then also my family and my friends. Uh, but isolation, I just really would uh, end up just locking myself in the house and just Netflix binging and not leaving, not wanting to interact with the world, and really just trying to hide from my own inner demons that I wasn't willing to go with. Wow. Yeah, that's an interesting one. I think uh, probably one that's easy to ignore as well is isolation. Um, kind of getting into that almost you know depressive state where you uh, just separate yourself from everyone else um, and on you know for long periods of time and uh, I think a lot of people probably wouldn't consider that uh, you know a coping mechanism per se and it makes a lot of sense um, so what kind of brought you out of that like what what brought you to realize that you needed to make a change yeah so my my wife left me. Um, we separated, and uh, the day that we separated, I really just had to take a look at my life and say, "Is this really the way that I want to be experiencing the rest of my life? Is this who I want to be from now until the day that I die?" And the truth is that I was miserable with myself. I didn't like myself. Uh, I wasn't happy with what I had made out of life. And uh, I made a decision to change. Uh, and if at that point it was, I, I didn't really think my wife was going to take me back. And I, I realized that I needed to change for me. I was going to have to live in this house for the rest of my life. And I had to be okay being the person living inside of here. Yeah. And that's huge. Um, yeah, I think that's, you know, probably one of the more difficult things in a relationship is learning to change for yourself and not for the other person, you know? Yeah. What, what emerged out of that is I used to really have so much anger towards my wife because she would do things or, or make choices, uh, that weren't in alignment with what I wanted or my expectations of her. And so my love for her was always really conditional and she wasn't meeting up to my standards. So I, I, I would hold that against her. 
But whenever I learned how to get in tune with myself, work on myself, I learned to love myself for the first time in my life. And I was no longer dependent on her, her actions or her deeds to be able to, to feel loved. I used to only feel loved if, he, if she got John right. And now uh, I'm just free to love her for who she is. And that's, that's a good place for me to be at. Yeah, man, that's awesome. And sounds like a pretty amazing message to take with you um, to help others as well. Doing that now, uh, as far as life coaching goes and all that. Yeah, so I was certified back in 2015, uh, but I've been active in, in moving forward with this for about three years now. And uh, specifically, uh, about a year into, uh, into moving forward with this, and I just really felt called to help men. So I've been like, like uh, just narrowing down and, and really trying to work with men who want to work on, on themselves for the past two years. That's awesome. Yeah, man. Um, you know, I think that's one of the like, biggest pieces of feedback that I've gotten in building up into the dark blue uh, is that it's such an ignored um, demographic is, is yeah. men and specifically, specifically helping men learn how to be better men, better people, you know, and manage, manage the things that they're dealing with in a healthier way, you know? Um, so I really admire what you're doing and I appreciate um, you getting out there and trying to trying to help some of these guys out, man. Thank you. <laughs> So we're going to talk a bit about uh, pent up emotions and we're going to talk, we're going to talk about how to um, kind of approach things that we don't typically tend to deal with very um, readily. But uh, first off, I want to, I want to talk a little bit about how you're coping with being pent up at home. Um, everyone's kind of at that, in that space right now where, uh, they're, they're quarantined at home and they can't really go anywhere except for maybe out for a short walk or something like that. So, um, I'm kind of curious how, uh, as, as a mindset coach, how are you coping with being stuck at home, uh, with, with your family? Yeah. So here at my house right now is just my wife and I, um, and I'll tell you, there's, there's always this glimmer in the midst of the darkness, right? Uh, uh, there's, there's the ability to see good things take place, even whenever there, there seems to be loss of, of hope and loss of light. And one of the things that I've seen come out of this is that my wife and I are, are stuck having to do things together. And it's been great. Like it, we're, we're very independent in that we have different likes and tastes and she does her things with the ladies and I uh, usually have the guys that I hang out with and uh, we've actually been able to spend some time together and just having conversations that have been long overdue nothing dreadful or anything but just like <laughs> just having fun watching tv with each other yeah. laughing with each other nice. uh, and it, it's been great I, I'm a man of faith so like uh, like even just like sitting praying with her like that has been like, huge like uh we haven't had that. Yeah, that's, that's awesome, dude. I, I've been um, actually kind of thinking about that and how this may, this whole situation might help kind of create new habits for people, you know, 
and some of those things that maybe we, we weren't doing uh, before this, uh, we start doing now. Um, you know, even, even as far as I was just thinking about it at the market the other day and I was like, you know, it would be really nice if people would always stand six feet away from me in line. <laughs> <laughs> instead of that one guy that's always like three inches from you you know you can feel him breathing on your neck <laughs> i hear you uh, one of the things that i i discovered about myself that i didn't realize would would show up as being an issue with me or something i'd really miss is just uh is physical connection with others oh. and even simple things like giving a fist bump shaking someone's hand hugs i'm like man i like there goes my man card, but man, like <laughs> I miss a good hug. <laughs> you know? and, Not um, all, man. I totally get it. <laughs> but yeah, it just things that I, I've taken for granted. Uh, I, I live in the Phoenix area, yep. and and my friend that I, I'm closest to, uh, one of my best friends, he lives actually in Mexico, uh, just right on the other side of the border, uh, four hours away from me, and he does work in uh, here in, in the Phoenix area. So I see him every other week. Well, now the border's closed, uh, and I don't get to see him. So uh, really just being intentional. I've been a lot more intentional about reaching out to people, uh, letting them know that I care, letting them uh, know how I feel, and checking up on people, letting people know that uh, yeah. they matter to me. That's great. Yeah, I mean, it's like we have all this time on our hands. What else are we going to do? You know, we, we can always reach out and you know, maintain those connections that we've kind of maybe lost touch of, lost touch with and that kind of thing. So that's pretty cool. So <laughs> do you have any recommendations for people who are maybe struggling a little bit more with, um, with being pent up, like dealing with some of these emotions, like being physically pent up and the way kind of how that manifests, um, maybe if they're living alone <clears throat> or if they're living, you know, uh, with, with, others that maybe it's just um, it's a little bit more of a difficult situation or something like that. How do you recommend people might deal with those kinds of things? Yeah. Uh, I'm all about co-regulation and uh, that's utilizing uh, other people to be able to, to get back to a, a place of at being at peace and being centered within yourself and um, kind of like thinking from a psychological and, and uh, uh, biological uh, aspect of that whenever a, a baby is small and is crying the only way that it's going to be soothed is if the mother holds it and the mother usually looks at it in his eyes usually the voice of the mother will calm the child down and uh, we as humans as adults we forget that it's important to have it as well so having human connection is super important during these stressful times um, we live in a day and age where we have access to to video chat whether it's zoom skype facebook messenger instagram whatever connect with people that's the best thing that you can do listen to someone's voice that is soothing to your soul make that connection and and you're going to find a way to get back up you're going to be able to regulate yourself back to a place where you need to be yeah that's awesome yeah i think it kind of goes along with just the isolation we were talking about earlier and how you how how easily it is to disconnect um from yourself by disconnecting from others. All right, so you've been talking a bit about uh, anger and frustration um, over the last couple of weeks I've noticed on Instagram and that sort of thing. 
Um, do you have kind of a, a passion for those, those emotions specifically, or is it just something that's on your mind lately? <laughs> uh, a lot of the things that I end up posting are just part of the journey that I'm going through at that present time. Um, I've realized this year that I don't know how to express anger. And that's, that's kind of a, a big red flag for me because mm -hmm. I had never noticed this before, but as I've, I've gone back and I've reflected on, on what brought me to this point, uh, because if I start getting, uh, sensing the feeling of anger, my go-to is to automatically try to convert that to a feeling of sadness mm. or a feeling of shame. Uh, and then I judge myself for being angry. And I know that this, in reflecting back on, on, on my childhood, on you know, the scripts that were handed to me, is that uh, being angry was a bad thing. And so I'm having to learn how to navigate uh, the fact of giving myself permission to be angry and also finding ways to express it that are healthy to both myself and of course to those around me. Yep. Absolutely. And I think that's, I think that's pretty true for a lot of men, a lot of people in general, I'm sure, but uh, especially for a lot of men that were not really taught how to, how to deal with anger um, and where it comes from, you know, and I know you and I were talking a little bit on the phone the other day about how uh, anger is a secondary emotion. It comes from other hurt or uh, sadness, things like that, other, you know, other situations. And so, um, so I'm curious for you, what are, what kind of things are you learning about yourself on how to uh, deal with your anger and how to express it differently? Yeah, so one of the things that I've realized that, that has been a habit that I had, and it's a tendency, it's a tendency a lot of human beings have, is that uh, we have a tendency to judge our feelings. We have a tendency of saying, well, these feelings are good and these feelings are bad. Uh, and we also categorize our feelings. You know, uh, we, uh, we sometimes judge ourselves. I, I know I'm a big time uh, uh, that's one of my, my go-to uh, mindsets that I have whenever I'm not uh, working at my optimum self and not, not being my highest self as I begin to judge myself for feeling certain ways. Uh, and also the habit that I previously had of suppressing my feelings. Oh, this is anger. I'm not used to it. I got to change it because it doesn't feel good. But uh, one of the things that, that I've had to learn to understand is that feelings are actually a biological response to an external stimuli. There's something that is automatic, um, and I don't have to judge them. I can just let them be and explore what they're trying to tell me about the situation or uh, the event that's taking place. Yeah, definitely. Um, that's actually a big thing that I've been learning over the last few years, too, is like how to balance allowing myself to feel what I'm feeling, um, and then also with you know balance that out with how to um, like ex effectively express it, you know, um, yeah. it's something that I struggle with, um, a bit now because, you know, I'm, I'm more, I'm, I'm, I'm a writer. I love, I love writing poetry and, you know, things like that. And I tend to express myself best when I write. 
Um, but in moments where I have uh, difficult feelings um, that I was never really taught how to handle very well or never learned how to handle for whatever reason, um, when I'm faced with those feelings, um, I don't know how to, while I let myself feel them, I'm like I'm learning how to let myself, allow myself to feel them. I don't know how to uh, actually express them effectively, you know, um, without causing more like negative repercussions to the other party, you know? Um, and so that's one of the things I'm, one of the biggest things I'm trying to learn right now is how to um, express anger uh, without it, without it having negative repercussions, you know? Um, so it's a uh, kind of interesting to navigate because I don't speak well, like I don't speak my mind well, um, I'm much better at writing it out. So when I have to, when I'm forced to speak what I'm thinking and how I'm feeling, it doesn't tend to come out the way that I want it to. I have a similar, uh, a similar way of, of communicating as well. I feel like I'm a lot better at communicating when it comes to writing and being able to express myself on paper. And uh, the Difficulty that I have with that, like especially being in a relationship, is that that's not my wife's, uh, her primary way of communicating. She wants to hear things. So I have to be uh, in a place, in a mental space where I am able to give myself time to reflect and think before I speak and say something that. I would have rather not said. I've inserted my foot in my mouth so many times, so <laughs> I'm really working through that. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I feel like I probably do that on a daily basis, so totally get it. <laughs> <laughs>
I could only put on the act for so long though, because once it all came down, just just everything came tumbling down. The real John came out, and uh, I, I'm grateful because there are some people uh, who really just stood beside me and like walked me through the journey. But the reality is that many of them chose to walk away, and uh, I've had to. I've had to come up to peace with that, with those terms is that not everybody is going to walk into the, into this new life that I've begun to create for myself, uh, a life where I'm being real, a life where I'm raw, uh, a life where John is not perfect. <laughs> and, yeah. It's the real me and I love being me now. Yeah. I think in those situations, people are looking for, almost looking for a manifestation of Christ you know, and so they build up this expectation of somebody who they look up to in a, in a situation like that in a like religious setting. And, um, and when they realize that the person is still human, they don't know how to deal with it. They don't know how to handle it. And that's them not necessarily knowing how to deal with their own emotions, you know? Um, oh yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, you know, I mean, there's the ones oh, yeah. that know you're human and they know, um, and those people that that value your authenticity as a leader in in a situation like that are the ones that you really want to keep by your side, you know. Um, and you know, I, I have a, I was a youth minister for for several years and um, had a similar kind of experience where I thought there was just always this expectation for me to be perfect, you know. And when I finally I had this moment where I was just like, like, what am I doing? Why am I, why am I faking this? You know? Um, and I, I made the change and I started being myself hundred percent me. Um, and I noticed the kids starting to respond to me in a completely different way. And a lot more started happening and there was a lot more progress within the group that I was working with because the kids, um, I think saw that honesty in me and it completely changed the way they interacted with me and with each other. And, um, that was a pretty, uh, pretty inspiring lesson to learn, you know, to see how the, the kids responded to that change. You know, I think the, the biggest stronghold that I had in my life, the biggest obstacle to overcome was, is not the expectations that other people had of me, but the expectation the unrealistic expectation that I had of myself. Absolutely, yep. I, I had an unrealistic expectation that I, I thought I had to live a, a life that, that was without flaw. And I didn't give myself room to be human at all. Mm. You know, and part of, you know, my, my upbringing, Part of my, my life journey, one of the, the things that I was taught was to, to love my neighbor as myself. And that was just my goal, like from, from the get-go. Um, I mean, I, I did a lot of things to reach out uh, and uh, help people. I became a foster parent at the age of 21. Oh, wow. Back at, looking back at, at, uh, in retrospect, like, what in the world was I doing being a foster parent at the age of 21? You know, like, yeah. I was just a kid, but... Like I wanted to serve the world. I wanted to to be able to make a difference, and uh, I was always looking out after other people. And the thing is, 
in order to love your neighbor as yourself, you have to love yourself. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't loving myself. I was neglecting myself. Yeah. Yeah, man, I hear that. I think, uh, I think you and I definitely have that in common. Um, and it's like, it's like we create expectations for ourselves based on the expectations we think others, people, others have for us. It's this weird cyclical thing, you know? (laughs) And, um, yeah. And I think that's pretty, I think that stands in even just like normal relationships, friendships, marriages with parents, things like that is this, you know, trying to adhere to expectations that we've set for ourselves based on what, we think others want from us. Mm-hmm. And I think that might be a pretty good takeaway here is to just consider like how often do we, um, how often are we something other than what we actually are because we think we're supposed to be that. Exactly. A common theme that I have uh, that I run into whenever I'm coaching uh, men is uh, is different narratives that people have created and that they've bought into that aren't based on reality but rather on their ideal self. And what ends up happening is whenever you believe something and you believe it as truth, it will affect every aspect of your life. And I've seen some men I like, just walk around in misery. Uh, never, you know, fulfilling life's purpose because they're living life based on a narrative that was created whenever they were small, whenever they were in first grade, second grade, they were, they were, they were children, and they've believed this story about themselves, and uh, they're never able to really step into who they're supposed to be, who I, I personally will say who God created them to be, uh, until they're willing to confront that story and say, you know what, you're not true. And I'm choosing to ch- change the script from this point moving forward. Let me just take a second to say, I am wearing this new sheath gear and I'm freaking loving it. We're working with some friends at Sheath Underwear. And for you guys who haven't heard of it, It's like upgrading from a studio apartment to a two bedroom for your junk. (laughs) There's no rubbing, there's no chafing, and I refuse to wear anything else. I'm wearing some right now. I've got a sheath hat on. They have more than just underwear. And I basically switched out my entire wardrobe of underwear for these sheath ones. They're amazing. Yeah, go to sheathunderwear.com and use the promo code DARKBLUE, all caps, DARKBLUE and get 25% off your first order. That's a big deal, guys. Like, seriously. It is. It's awesome. What would be some final advice that you would give to somebody who struggles with um, expressing who they truly are uh, and and having those pent-up emotions instead of expressing them? What would some, what's some final advice you would give to somebody who's dealing with that? That there's there's five things that I recommend uh, for, for people to do whenever uh, they are unsure of what they're feeling in the moment. Number one, I invite that person just to breathe. Just breathe. You know, you don't have to do anything else. Just take a deep breath. Uh, maybe do that a couple of times. And then name how you're feeling. 
call it out. What are you feeling? Is it anger? Is it sadness? Is it fear? Is it shame? Is it joy? What are you feeling? Then describe it and, and really point out where you're feeling it in your body. You know, whenever you're, you're angry, are you feeling it in your face? Are you feeling it in your gut? Um, and it might sound kind of crazy, but the fourth thing I invite you to do is really just to listen to it. Wherever you're experiencing that in your body, just place your hand over that and say, what are you trying to tell me here in this moment? And really just listen in. And once you've listened, a lot of times uh, we don't recognize that our body is sending us signals and it's trying to tell us to respond, but we have to listen very carefully. Whenever you have a safe way to act and not just react, then respond to it. But uh, take a moment, breathe, name it, describe it, listen to it, and then respond to it. Yes, that's awesome. I love that. So uh, yeah, uh, it's, it's definitely a big deal, guys. Definitely just take the time and recognize your feelings. And uh, it's, it's okay to do that. I think that's one of the biggest things that we're trying to, uh, to do here um, is to get to know ourselves and to find community that allows us to be ourselves. Uh, this is important stuff. So absolutely. Cool. Well, John, uh, can you tell everybody how they can find you, how they can, uh, how they can work with you in terms of getting, getting help? Yeah, by all means. Uh, my website is www.john, that's J-O-H-N, dash Eli.com. Very simple to remember that. And I'm also found on Instagram at, sorry, at the.john.eli. And uh, there's the link there on my profile where you can connect with me as well. Awesome. That's great. And do you do uh, like video, video counseling or like virtual stuff or in person? Yeah. Yeah. So all of my coaching is available on a virtual platform, uh, especially during these times where everything we're doing is, <laughs> is virtual. <laughs> so uh, definitely, you know, hit me up. Let's chat. Uh, I definitely even like to just know you, know your story. Feel free to reach out to me. Uh, I'm an easy person to have a conversation with. So I definitely like to get to know you. Absolutely. It's very true. He is easy to talk to you guys. Um, so definitely take advantage of that, especially like you said, during this time where we're all kind of stuck at home, if you're having some difficult feelings and things like that. You can always uh, reach out to John. Otherwise, I just want to say thank you so much for joining me, John. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. It's been a pleasure to do. Cool, man. And we'll talk again soon. Sound good? Sound good. All right. Have a good night. Cheers. All right, you too, brother. I want to thank you guys for venturing into the dark blue with us today. If you like what we're doing, make sure you give us that five-star review on the streaming service of your choice. Also, you can support us monthly via the support tab on our Anchor account or make a one-time contribution on Cash App username into the dark blue. And remember, you are not alone. If you need help or someone to talk to, feel free to message us directly on Instagram or email into the dark blue podcast at gmail.com. You can always check out the Get Help page at intothedarkblue.com for a number of other options. Last but not least, guys, know yourselves. Drink smart. Cheers. Cheers.